Tonight's reading is taken from John chapter 14, verses 1 to 14. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, Don't you know me, Philip, even after I've been among you for such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, well, very good evening to everybody, and thank you for joining us uh, tonight. Uh, we begin a new series, and we're going to be uh, looking, as uh, Nate said at the start of the service, uh, uh, we're going to be looking for the next few weeks at John 14 and John 15, and in particular, uh, we're going to be it says, asking some of the big questions about, uh, about the doctrine of God, what we believe about God, uh, and uh, the place and the role of the Holy Spirit as Jesus uh, talks about the Holy Spirit in uh, chapters 14 and 15. Uh, so we re- just invite you to, to, to come and dive in with us and uh, maybe this is all new to you, in which case we really hope that you're able to uh, learn some new things. Uh, maybe you've been a Christian for a while, just really good to double check uh, that the way we're seeing and talking about these things really meshes in uh, with what uh, Jesus that teaches us in the scriptures. We, it's just so important uh, for us. Uh, the, the wider question that we're asking is, what, is it to say, what does it mean to say that we are the church? And we're starting here in John 14 and John 15. Uh, then we're going to uh, pop off to 1 Corinthians 12 and 13 and uh, learn some things there as well. All the while uh, asking, well, how do these important things about what we believe impact on who we are? If you just remember one thing tonight, it would be this, that we are the church and that we should be a community of love because God is a community of love, uh, the community of love that we call uh, the Trinity. Many Bible passages, passages link together, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and link them together in a really complex uh, matrix. But Christians hold on to this word, Trinity, 
to, dis, to, to describe God, just to make sure that we don't leave anything important out from what God's Word teaches and that we treasure and uphold the essential mystery of God. Now, as you may know, the Bible's overriding emphasis is that God is one. Unlike Israel's neighbors in the Old Testament and some religions today who believed in a whole host of gods, but in the, Holy, in the Old Testament, it's very much God is one. The Holy Spirit is being described in the Old Testament as a personal presence of God, particularly when it comes to creation, in the sense in making things happen, bringing them into being, but also in the life of worship and prophecy and the life of the temple. And then Jesus explodes into the pages of the New Testament. And even before his ascension to heaven, Jesus is being named and worshipped and talking about himself as the Son of God. And he's being worshipped as God by Jewish people who for the whole of their lives had believed absolutely without qualification that there is only one God. So they, uh, in a sense, were already trying to expand their view of God because they knew that Jesus was more than a prophet uh, or simply uh, an inspired human being. And the rest of the New Testament, uh, we see with the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the way that Jesus' disciples are empowered, how they are enriched to live for him by the Holy Spirit. And in this opening section of John 14, we see Jesus using a really powerful image, uh, both of his own relationship with God, God the Father, and the way that Jesus invites each one of us personally uh, and individually into the generous community of love of the one true uh, God. And the picture that Jesus uses is, I love it, it's really powerful. He, he gives the picture of, he's like a devoted son, and it's a devoted son that is making lots of new friends. And he says to all these new friends, do you know, I, I just have this most amazing place and I just love my father and I love the spirit and I want all of you to come and live with us and to share in this great community of love. And that's the picture uh, that Jesus gives in this wonderful passage. He's going ahead uh, to make sure everything is ready for his friends. Now, if this talk of Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, if it is already making your head ache, uh, I would like to dedicate the rest of this sermon to summarizing what we mean by saying God the Trinity. And the challenge I've set myself is that I'm only allowed to use words of one syllable uh, to keep it really, really, really simple so that I understand it and that you understand it. So keep listening carefully uh, to check that I do. This is the third time I've done this. Each time so far, I've said at least one word of two syllables, so my apologies. I'm hoping this time I'm going to get it right. Uh, I am deeply indebted to a wonderful theologian called uh, Professor Mike Higton, who's a professor of theology and ministry at Durham University, and uh, I've, I've borrowed uh, quite a lot uh, from what he's said. But if you've always wanted to understand the Trinity and you've not been quite sure, then here's my best go in about 11 minutes uh, in words of one syllable. 
I hope. Here we go. This day, we set our minds on the fact that God is three in one. You might think it's the kind of claim that sits a long way from your faith. You might think that you need a big brain to get it right. You might think you need lots of long, long words. And what I want to tell you is that it's not like that. This is a truth that you can grasp. This is a truth at home in your faith. This is a truth you can feel in your heart. This is a truth that does not need long words. Short words will do. God is more than our minds can grasp. We don't, we can't know how God's life works. And when we say that God is three in one, that's not meant to help us to tie God down. It does not tell us how God's life works. It does not mean we get to say, oh yes, now I get it, now I see what it all means, now it all makes sense to me. No. It's not meant to help us put God in a box. In fact, it's meant to help us not to put God in a box. It's meant to point us to ways in which there is more to God than we might have thought, more to God's life, more to God's love, more to the way God shares God's life with us. To see what I mean, what I want you to do, all that I want you to do, is to think what it is like when you pray, what it is like when you come to God and talk to God in praise or uh, to ask for help or to own up for things you have done wrong. Think what it is like when you pray. First of all, we pray to God as the one who made us, the source from whom all good things flow, the Lord who sits on the throne of the world, the one whose voice can make the world shake, the one who made the world and holds the world and loves the world. We here in our church or at home or in the car or out on a walk, we pray to this one. And though a lot of the time we might not give much thought to what we do from time to time, it might get through to us just what a bold thing we do. We pray to God. We talk to God. We ask things of God, the King, the Lord of hosts, the one whose life is the fire at the heart of all things. That on its own should make our minds real. But that's not all. When we pray, we do not pray on our own. There is one by our side who prays with us, the one we call the Son. Hear these words. For God so loved the world, God so loved us, that God gave his Son 
his one son to be by our side, to pray with us, to pray for us. When we pray, our words join to this man's words and wing their way with his to the one he called, well, to the one he called dad. We do not pray on our own. Don't think that there's you on your own down here and God on his throne up there and that when you pray, you try to throw your small voice up to God and hope that it might reach all the way. (laughs) No, you do not pray on your own. There is one by your side who prays with you. God totes with you, a real man filled with God's own life. A man who is so filled with God that what he does, well, those are God's deeds. And what he says Those are God's words. And so when he prays by your side, that is God who prays by your side. He wants you to join in his love for his dad. We don't just pray to God, we pray with God, or or God prays with us. Do I know how this works, how it can be that this is God too? No, I don't. And no long words can help us there. Why should I think that my words, my mind, could give me that kind of grasp on God? All I can say is that in some way too deep for words, this man by my side is God. I don't need to know how it works. I just need to trust that it's true to know it, to feel it, to rest in it. This is God by my side, and I do not pray on my own. So when we pray, we know God on the throne, the one to whom we pray, and we know God once more, God by our side, the one with whom we pray. But that's not all. When I pray... Let's say when I pray for a friend who is ill. When I cry out, Oh God, oh God, please help my friend. It's not that I bring this friend's pain to a God who might not have heard of it, who might not have cared if I had not thought to pray. No. My love, my care for my friend, that's what I feel when I dip my toe into the stream of God's love for my friend, when for a while I flow in that stream or it flows in me, when God's care, God's love, God's life flows through me. And so when we pray, when we yearn, when we long to see God work, when in our own small, weak ways we feel love and care flow through us, that is God too. That's God in our hearts or God in our guts. God's life in our lives. The stream that bears us up. We know that we can call out to God and say with his son, Dad, Dad, please help 
And when we do that, when we know with at least a small part of our minds that each one of us is a child of God, that is the breath of God in our minds, the fire of God in our hearts, the stream of God's life in our veins. So, when we pray, we do not pray on our own. Yes, we have God the Son, God by our side, who joins our words to his. But more than that, we have God in us, God in our hearts, God in our guts, this stream that flows from God and flows through us. That too is who God is. That is part of God's life. That stream is God one more time. And so we say that we don't know how this is true, we don't and can't know how it works, that God is not just the source, the one from whom all good things come, and God is not just the Son, the one who stands by our side and will not let us go, but that God is the stream, the flow, the one in whom we are caught up, the one in whom we rest, the one in whom we find our life. And we can know that too when we pray. So there is a God, the one to whom we pray, the one to whom we look, to whom we call out, the one who made the world and who loves all that has been made. And there is God by our side, God once more, the one with whom we pray. God in this one who shares our life, this one who lives the life of God by our side and who poured out his life in love for us. And then there's God in our hearts, God in our guts, God one last time, the stream in which we dip our toes, the stream in which we long to swim, the stream which filled the sun and fills us too and bears us in love back to the one. The life of the one God meets us in all these three ways. And all that we meet in these three ways has its roots deep, deep, down in God's word, all the way down in God's life, in ways that our minds are not fit to grasp, in ways that break our words to bits. One life, one love, one will works through these three to meet us when we pray, to catch hold of us, to bear us up, and to take us home. And that's why our words for God need to stretch. So now I have to break the rules. We call the source, the one to whom we pray, Father. And we call the one by our side, the one with whom we pray, God once more, Jesus. And we call the one in our hearts, the one in whom we pray, God, one more time, Spirit. And that is why we call this God, 
Our God we meet when we pray. Our God we know when we pray. That is why we call this three in one God. That is why we call our God Trinity. Amen.